friends, we're glad you're here. Welcome to the Present Matters podcast. We're we're a little uh, behind, I think, Cassandra. I think we're I don't even know how long, but it's I, been Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, before I, we tell you the the topic, uh I, I just want to apologize, but I really appreciate the listeners that are, are reaching out to uh, Cassandra and telling her that, like, hey, when are you guys doing another one? <laughs> As for the topic, this podcast, it, it goes hand in hand with maybe why it took so long. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Don't you think? Yeah. A little yeah, bit I think yeah. that's definitely part of it. And uh, also just life is busy. So. Yeah, life busy. <laughs> So, with that being said, thank you so much for everyone. I know it's like friends and family at the moment. Uh, if you happen to not be a friend and family listening to this, you're amazing. You're my favorite. <laughs> hey, the friends and family are amazing too. No, just <laughs> just the, the no. I'm just joking. Everyone, you're all amazing. Uh, so today's topic is gonna be on ADHD, the thing that we both have. We're gonna go over underdiagnosing females, TikTok's effect on the community and common misconceptions about ADHD. And uh, this first one, I am un, not, I guess, no, I, I guess I'm unaware of it. So I am, I'm excited for you to enlighten me about <laughs> how uh, females are underdiagnosed. Because I know yeah. the medical system is great for females. Yeah. And which, we've been studying females yeah. accurately for yes. decades. So. Yes. <laughs> which is a whole other topic for another day because I can yeah, talk a lot about totally that. Totally sarcasm. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, I'm not going to claim to be an expert on this either. I just know, like, from my own experience of like researching this a little bit, and the main. Oh yeah, and sorry, can I interrupt and just say that yes. like everything that we say is not coming from medical background no. or personal experience. We're, yes, we're not doctors and or psychologists or psychiatrists. So yeah, we don't have degrees in any of those things. Yeah, no. <laughs> Continue. Yeah. Sorry. Um. So. Basically, the what the main reason that females are underdiagnosed kind of goes with what you were sarcastically saying before, that females are not the ones that are studied for things like this. And mm -hmm. ADHD presents completely differently in females most of the time. I mean, some females, it'll present similarly to males, but it presents very differently for females than it does for males. And like when you think of a kid that has ADHD, because usually when we think ADHD, our minds go to like kids. So you have like mm -hmm. the little white boy in the classroom sitting there and he can't sit still and he's getting up out of a seat and he's wiggling around and he's moving around and That's he's me. yelling out and he's like doing all of these things. That's what you think of. And so when a female presents completely differently than that, it's easy to get shut down. Like, oh no, she doesn't have ADHD because it looks different. Because like I... So I am not diagnosed officially yet. I've like started the process of getting diagnosed. And there's lots of times with my therapist where she'll be like, hey, that's neurodivergence. And I'm like, oh, is that what that is? I didn't know. But like, it just is really hard for women to get diagnosed. And I actually had the conversation with my therapist where she said, make sure that you are like strong in yourself before you go through this process, because there's a strong possibility that you could be told you don't have it even if you do because the way that the testing for ADHD is set up is geared towards white men because those are the ones mm -hmm. that the testing and the studies and all of that are based off of. So she was like, if that's going to crush you and make you feel super invalidated, then it might be you just don't ever go through the process of getting formally diagnosed and you just know you have it because it's so common for women to not be diagnosed when they have it because they are not white men. 
and their symptoms don't present the same way. So I just thought That's that interesting. was, yeah. Yeah. And it, it makes total sense. Um, I don't know if I went over this in the last podcast episode since it's been so long. I actually don't even know if I've told you this. I feel like I have. But um, it, it's the same situation for like the autism spectrum. Mm-hmm. Like you can have, you can be on the autistic spe- spectrum, but if you go to a doctor that doesn't specialize and doesn't have a robust knowledge of the autism spectrum, you can be misdiagnosed mm-hmm. or like you can, you can have it and they would tell you that you don't. And so there's um, this online test. I'm pretty sure I went over this in the last one because I remember putting the link in the last episode uh, notes. But uh, this test that you can take, it specifically says like if you want to seek a diagnosis, make sure you understand like the doctor's background and, and mm-hmm. make sure that you go for someone that specializes in it or else you may, like you said, if uh, it's, it's the same thing. If, if the testing wasn't done on females and people who don't understand how females react differently, they'll just be like, no, you don't have it because you don't act like a white male with, <laughs> with ADHD. Right, yeah. Like that's not, what? That's not how that works. Yeah. Yeah, so it's... I have I started this journey of do I have ADHD do I not have ADHD like a long time ago and I wanted to make sure that I was like okay with it if I didn't get diagnosed and I would still feel validated that like even if I don't get diagnosed with it I still have these symptoms and I still need to do something to like help cope and deal with them mm-hmm. so that if I did go through the whole process and then they're like hey you don't have it that I wasn't like oh I'm just faking or it's all in my head or whatever like because it's really Mm -hmm. easy to be made to feel like oh you're just crazy it's just in your head or you're just doing it for attention when it's like no like i am experiencing these things and just because i don't fit into your mold of what adhd looks like doesn't mean that these things aren't happening to me so yeah no i i totally understand that it's uh i i've had many of those moments in my life with the first one well the first one honestly i think uh well they, they developed around the same time my ADHD, because I, I am diagnosed. I went to a psychiatrist and did the testing and whatnot, and I was formally diagnosed. Um, but I'm a white male, so, you know. That's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, God, where was I going with that? Uh, it's happening again. The it's irony. Happen- it, it's the beginning. <laughs> I know. It's the be- Yeah, really, the irony. is uh, This happens a lot. There's so many thoughts going in my head. Um, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll go over that later. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you think you're crazy because there's things that are happening in your head that aren't happening and seemingly happening in other people's heads because you can't uh you can kind of observe how they they act and get a feel for what's in their mind a little bit but things that are bothering you that aren't bothering others and you just feel like the i don't know if this terminology is outdated or not but you know like the black sheep like you're just Mm -hmm. you're you're the weird one yeah. And it's like unexplainable. So I, I have that with ADHD because I was always doing bad in school and they had me tested because I just, I would do homework and then just not turn it in. And mm-hmm. like, I did just, just weird things that I just were causing me to that and not caring about school. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but then also one that you actually brought to to light for me with mis- misophonia. Mm-hmm. Remember you sent me that meme Oh, yeah, yeah. Years ago. Yeah. It was like I was in college and you were in high school. Uh, 
and you're like, ha ha, this is totally you. And I yeah, was like, you're like, wait, wait, <laughs> this is actually me. Like, what do you? And then that that is what led me down to the the path to learning what misophonia is. It was still so new at the time. It's still new. Like, it's just now being tested. There's just now being treatments for it. But just being able to validate that just because it's not happening to others or if it even if it, it you, you don't get a label for it mm-hmm. just validating that like yes this is what my brain is experiencing and mm-hmm. i am not crazy right and that kind of goes perfectly with the whole idea of like if you go through the process and don't get diagnosed then it's like really invalidating mm-hmm. so it's like because that's that's what my therapist now and what? i talked about is like why do I want to get diagnosed? Is it because I'm like, put me on meds, like I need help? And I was like, no, I just, I like want the validation of like, you're not crazy. You do have this going on in your brain. Um, And then I can, and then I was, the words, my brain is working faster than my mouth. And then it's like. <laughs> ADHD. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, so I have this label. Now I have the language to be able to talk to people about how can you help me manage these symptoms? Because otherwise, it's just like me trying to be like, oh, this stuff is happening and I need help. And they're like, what? But if I can say, hey, I have ADHD and here are my ADHD symptoms that I need help with. So it's like mm-hmm. the validation of, yes, this is happening to you. And also the giving you the language of how to talk about it with other people and get the help you need. So Yeah, just being able to communicate your symptoms. Mm-hmm. That's that's huge. That That makes me want to go into another. I don't want to get out of order. I mean, we totally can, but. We'll we'll circle back to it. Or like the the more understanding partner and yeah. the work there. Yeah. That's just like being able to communicate and having people be receptive to that communication. Mm-hmm. Which was the topic of our last one, you know? Our last podcast. Like mm-hmm. communicate and listen and put yeah. in an effort. Yeah. <laughs> it's all connected. <laughs> it's all connected. Oh, that's that's uh there's so many things. There's yeah. so many things. I just want to talk about every single one of these talking points all at once. And yeah. just have it be chaos. Yeah. I, I want this podcast. I'm, this isn't what we're going to do. But in my head, I want this podcast to be like indicative of what it's like to be in the mind of someone with ADHD. Yeah. I now have like five or six different talking points in like what the conversations are going to go like yeah. <laughs> all at once in my head. And I'm like, but no, then, fo- yeah. reel it in, focus on one. <laughs> but then it also like because that's happening in your brain, it makes it hard to focus on what you're talking about right at this moment. Yes. Which I feel like is part and of the reason why you forget what you're saying halfway through because you're like, like all of I'm the things are happening. Things. And, yeah. And yeah. then you're like, wait, what am I talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, God, my brain. And then once once that, that, that fiber disconnects, of, it's hard to get Then it back. all of it's gone. Yeah. It's just empty. <laughs> yeah. It's really fun being a teacher with this because um, I, I mean, there's so much going on with teaching constantly. Like there's never one thing happening and my brain is never just thinking about the thing I'm talking about right now. It's thinking about like, okay, when I'm done with this, I have to do this and this and this and this and this kid needs it. So when I'm teaching a lot of times I will just stop talking because my brain has like, I'm like, I don't know what's going on. And my kids have gotten to the point and this happens every year. They get to a point where they know that when I stop talking like that, it's because I forgot what I was saying. And so they'll fill in the gaps for me. And it's actually amazing. Like I'll forget so a word cool. and I just I like that. stop and I'm like, uh, and then they'll be like, oh, you mean this? And I'm like, yes, thank you. Okay. It's great. Gets you right back on We track. love it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to use your students as a segue to this next section. Okay. Because I feel like this next section 
It pertains very heavily to their generation. I think you know where this is going. TikTok. Yep. The, the <laughs> wonderful world of TikTok. Taking the nation by storm. Probably going to get banned within the next month, but we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, I have very mixed feelings about the whole ADHD and TikTok thing. Because on the one hand, it's Same. part of what helped me find the language to talk to like my therapist and my doctor about ADHD. But I also think people, I mean, the symptoms of ADHD people can have without having ADHD. Like you can mm -hmm. have a day where like you're thinking about a million things at once. And I think people see those things and they're like, oh, that happens to me sometimes. I have ADHD. But it's like, no, that happens all of the time. So I think it can be harmful and that people are like trying to self-diagnose for something that they definitely don't have, but like mm -hmm. are convincing themselves they do because every video they watch is about ADHD. But it also like legitimately did help me figure out how to have conversations and like name the things that were happening. And instead of me just going through life dealing with these things and being like, well, this is awful, but I guess everyone deals with this. It was me being like, oh, there's a name for this and not everyone goes through this and maybe there's something more I can be doing besides just trying to stumble my way through this. So Yeah. And I I think like this is a, a, a much larger conversation that I don't think it's necessarily the fault of TikTok. Because like you said, there's there's genuinely good information. The ability for just regular everyday people to be put in front of the masses and bring awareness to things is huge. And it's it's amazing. It's honestly what's like, I, I don't say I have, uh, I don't say I'm on the autistic spectrum or autism spectrum. Um, I'm now in like the discovery phase and like I won't say that I have it until I get actual testing. It's more so that I was exposed to so many new concepts and so many different views of seeing the world that it kind of allowed me to see it from that perspective as well and reflect on myself and and see those things within myself and like you said not like oh that happens sometimes it's like wow like no this goes back like my, my whole life like wow like i mm -hmm. this is describing me and i i just thought i was weird but i don't think it's an issue of TikTok, I think it is an issue of how fast technology is developing and the interconnectivity of the world and how slow our our governments are in adapting and not I don't mean by like regulating and whatnot. That that might be an answer. I'm not sure. But more so education. Right? We're we're having kind of like a misinformation pandemic across the globe and i think it's not the fault of the platforms it's well a kind of uh, algorithms you can go deep dive into algorithms and how they if you yeah okay that's a whole other topic but <laughs> um <laughs> but what would negate that is scientific literacy and critical thinking which we don't teach kids at least that wasn't taught to me in school it was like you learn about science and whatnot, but you don't, you're not taught how to view things critically and be like, hey, yeah, this happened. And instead of just making that initial connection of like, oh, wow, that happened to me once or twice. Like, I have this thing. That's me. It, it's like, 
taking being able to take a step back view everything broadly apply it to your life you know like there, there's a lot of steps that people just skip over they're just like yes i saw this thing that happened to me this is me and uh that's abused in a lot of different ways but I think TikTok and technology as a whole is a net positive, but we need to to learn how to interface with it better. Yeah. So the main thought that's coming up for me is the idea that of teaching critical thinking in schools. And this is a frustrating topic for me because I feel like it's something that the people at the top that don't really know about education, but are somehow in charge of education they like to say things like, oh, we need to teach critical thinking, critical thinking. Like they just push it, push it, push it. But they don't understand how to do that, how to teach critical thinking, because again, they don't know anything about education. Yeah. And so then they're also at the same time mandating that we teach these other things. And it's like, well, we can't teach critical thinking while we're also teaching all of these other things like they don't go together well because this thing is saying teach this content and get through this content and critical thinking requires us to slow down and be able to like really dig through things and give kids the space and time to kind of discover on their own i don't know if i'm making any sense but it's no you are it's like we can't we can't teach critical thinking because we're being mandated to teach all of this other stuff and so it's like in my in my topic in my uh, content area it's a little bit easier because a lot of what we do involves analysis and like breaking text apart and figuring out what they're actually saying and um we talk about like the reliability of sources and things but in other content areas like in science they're like you have to teach this amount of things in this year and it's like okay but then how do i also work in how to critically think about things. Because if you see a scientific article, that doesn't necessarily mean just because it's a scientific article, you can't see my air quotes, but air quotes. Yeah, uh, the <laughs> air article quotes are happening right now. Doesn't mean that like everything in there is automatically like accurate and true. Like kids don't know how to, how to do that, how to think critically about things because we don't have the time and space to teach them. So it's frustrating. The, the amount <laughs> of like pseudoscience publication there are Mm -hmm. is insane you really just you have to know what's reputable and that's yeah that's just not something that's taught yeah you can just slap science like uh, i don't know if this is a real thing but like you can make a a publication company called just like super realistic or super real and true science today Mm -hmm. and publish it yeah like it's and people would be like oh this is real because it says super (laughs) real and true because people, yeah. they don't know, like legitimately people don't know how to, how to do that, how to look at things and be like, wow, this sounds super sketchy. Let me like go look at another source and see if it backs it up. They're just like, this says this thing. So it's true. So anyway, I feel yeah, like we're getting a little profit. far off. Yeah. The that's trail a little tang- here, tangential. <laughs> <laughs> we're on the same page. Yeah. I really look forward to the day where we disagree on something because we have a lot of similar views. Yeah. And it's I I feel like it's a uh, it'll be fun. Yeah. Like, wait, hold up. No, no. Yeah. I don't I don't like what you just said there. Yeah, that doesn't happen very often with us. Like we we no. think a lot the same. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so back on the whole TikTok thing, and this is a thought that kind of popped up earlier when you were talking about like autism, and TikTok is one of the things that helped me too because I I've I've said this to you before too that I 
um, have joked since I understood what autism meant. I have always like jokingly said like, oh, I think I might be just like a little bit autistic. And people are always like, what? Mm -hmm. No, like, of course you're not autistic. But I've always been like, ha ha ha. But like, actually maybe. And TikTok is what helped me realize like (laughs) it's ADHD because there are so many similarities between ADHD and autism that like cross over. And so there definitely are people that have both, but it's also like, a lot of the things that I was like, uh, oh, does this make me a little bit autistic? I'm like, oh no, that's an ADHD symptom. Cause like both mm-hmm. are technically neurodivergent. So they have a lot of crossover, but TikTok is what helped me figure out like, oh no, I don't have autistic. I don't have autistic traits. I have ADHD traits. And I mean, they do cross over, but. Yeah. Well, like I, I have been boxed into what's called ADHD. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I will say that, like I, in my personal discoveries of or journey, not discoveries, I guess, journey of, of learning about myself and potentially being on the autism spectrum, the 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 traits that I I attribute to, the, the autistic potentiality of myself, aren't necessarily ADHD traits. It, it's there, but yeah, like you said, there's a lot of crossover, mm-hmm. and. I guess it's common to not well, common in people who have autism to be on the ADHD spectrum and vice versa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, it's uh, it's interesting because and that's that's being critical is like you are able to to be like oh like I see this, but then through further research and learning, it's like you didn't immediately just like I have it. Yeah, it's like okay, well let me step back, let me look. Mm-hmm. at all the possibilities and then you started connecting dots and you're like okay well no like i, I like it's it's over here like I'm, I'm not on both i'm not all of this i'm yeah. like it's it all fits in this box right yeah and it's funny too because like you can ask justin my husband because he's heard me say before like oh am i I think maybe I have a little bit of autism and he's like absolutely not like you definitely are not autistic <laughs> but then it's also like that kind of also falls into the issue of like what autism looks like and we Mm -hmm. think of what autism looks like in a white male because i also have been talking to him about like hey i'm gonna start the process of like trying to get diagnosed with um adhd and like i really think i have it and he is like adamant that i don't for that too he's like i don't think you have adhd because his youngest brother has ADHD and falls into it was a white male. the yeah the and he falls into the exact <laughs> like what you think of when you think of an ADHD kid this is his youngest brother that is what he looks like sounds like presents like and that's what he grew up with is seeing his youngest brother who has ADHD and so to him that's what ADHD is and I don't present like that so but there was this always makes me laugh too because there was this one time when I went over to their house and like I was so hyper like so hyper and his brother had like not taken his meds that morning and so it was like the craziest thing like it feels like a fever dream because me and his brother were just bouncing off the walls like feeding off of each other's energy just like going absolutely bonkers and I just want to look back at that and be like you saw that and you didn't think oh maybe she does also have ADHD like there's a lot of similarities (laughs) happening right before my eyes yeah yeah so because it's like I I don't like bounce off the walls all the time, but like, and there's other things. So like, I thought I had restless leg syndrome and then I realized like, oh, it doesn't just happen when I'm sleeping. It's like all the time. So then I was like, oh, that's probably also an ADHD thing. (laughs) Like there's just all these little things that I'm like, 
oh, this doesn't look like how you would think ADHD would be, but it is the same thing. It just looks different for me. So instead of literally like moving my entire body constantly, it's like I'm either tapping my leg, bouncing my leg, or like my playing with my hands, like something is always moving. So. Yep, yep. That's a, a perfect segue. We're getting a lot of good segues here. <laughs> so you don't have a lot of the, uh, or I mean, you do, but but like you don't have a lot of the tells that a white male does. Mm-hmm. And so that, that begs the question to our next section of this conversation is how does it affect us? And by us, I mean you and me. And I want to start <laughs> with you because w- w- how does it affect you? Um, so I feel like the more that I have like allowed myself to think like, okay, just because I don't look like the perception of ADHD doesn't mean I don't have it and allowed myself to like actually dig into like what symptom, what symptoms do I actually have? I think my biggest struggle is overstimulation, which is one of the reasons that made me think like, oh, maybe autism, but it's an ADHD thing too. So can I ask what forms of overstimulation? Yes. So I um, am very, very sensitive to light. Like you can okay. ask uh, my college roommate or my husband. They come in, they would, my college roommate used to joke all the time that I was a vampire because like I literally would live in the dark and then she would come home and be like, why is there no lights on? And I'd be like, because I don't want them on. <laughs> and I get headaches really <laughs> easily when there's like a lot of light. Um, so mm. if I could just like live in the dark, I would. And then um, also noise. So it's really annoying because I also have hearing loss. So like I can't hear anything, but then if it's loud, it bothers me. So it's mm. like, I can't hear you, but then I'm like, oh God, why are you yelling? And it's like, but when I do, because, it's too much. Yeah, it's really fun for me. And I, again, like to remind everybody that I work in a middle school with 12 year olds. So there's a lot of lights and there's a lot of noise. So at work, I'm constantly overstimulated, like constantly. So um, there's been times when I like lose my mind on the kids and I'm like, oh no, so sorry guys, that was my bad. Um, I was overstimulated and I shouldn't have yelled at you, but oh my God. So for Christmas, I got some loop earplugs, um, which are just magical. And I brought them to school and when I'm feeling overstimulated, I just pop them in and I can still hear, they filter the sound enough that I can, like it dampens it Mm -hmm. so that I don't want to like scratch my eyeballs out but like lets enough in that i can hear a kid when they're talking to me so that's been magical so yeah uh it's really hard at work because i work in a job that's very overstimulating and that requires a lot of focus and those are things that i am not good at (laughs) so Mm -hmm. it's yeah and it's been a process of learning like what can i do to help deal with those things instead of just being overstimulated and yelling at kids. And communication with kids has been really good for me because they're humans and they want to be treated like humans. And so if I do yell at them and lose my cool, I can be like, hey, I'm sorry, that was not your fault and that's not how you should have been talked to or treated. Um, I just got overstimulated and I'm sorry. And they respond really well to that. And they're like, okay, we probably contributed to that overstimulation. We're sorry too. Like, let's all move on. So yeah, I would say work is the place that like it affects me the most because I don't work at a job where it's like calm and you can just like take your time doing things. It's like, go, 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 go. So yeah. And what else? What else? Well, 
I, this is something I had to work through in therapy too. And part of the reason why I think it took me so long to get to the realization that I might have ADHD. I've always viewed myself as someone who like has their shit together. Um, and I feel like other people have viewed me that way. And I've wanted them to view me that way of like, I know what's going on when I know what date we're doing, what, what time, where we're supposed to be. I know where everything is. Like I am the mom of every group that I'm in. And I had to kind of realize, um, that I was forcing myself to be that person, that I wasn't naturally that person. And um, so that's been a really scary, but also freeing thing to be like, hey, um, it's really hard for me to be that person that like has my shit together because my brain does not work like that. So that has been really interesting for me to work through, like letting go of that as part of my personality and just being like, Hey, I don't have my shit together all the time because I don't remember things and <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then that's th- okay. Yeah. And then a thing that we will get to later with the like book segment part is um taking care of my household is a giant, giant struggle for me. So part of it is mm. I have POTS, which is postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. I don't know if I've talked about that on here. But um, it affects energy. Yeah, it affects energy. Um, I pass out sometimes because of it. It's like that's a very simplified overview. But like my heart doesn't work right, and I have very low energy. And doing small tasks like makes my heart rate increase way more than it should. Um, And so things like taking care of my house are hard, partially because of the pause, but also partially because of the ADHD. Because I'll be like, I need to clean my room. And I get distracted by every tiny little thing and I'll be like, oh, this goes in the kitchen. So I'll carry it down to the kitchen and I'll be like, oh, the dishes need to be done. So then I'll do the dishes. (laughs) And then while I'm doing the dishes, this other thing happens and I'll be like, oh, I need to go do that. And then nothing gets done because I'm doing like little bits of everything. And then I get frustrated and I'm like, dear God, why am I so terrible at this? So that's just a little glimpse of ADHD in me. (laughs) Yeah, that's 100% on all of those. (laughs) For me, I definitely relate to the overstimulation and not not to, uh, I'm always overly aware of things. That's another autistic trait is over explaining things. And I'm, I'm trying to be more mindful of like, does this really need to be explained <laughs> in the amount of depth that I want to go into it? Like, I, don't, I don't think so, but I'm not sure. <laughs> I I get overstimulated as well. It goes a little, there's additions to it like definitely with the sound i i i'm right there with you with the sound mm-hmm. uh and as you know like i uh my amazing uh grandma and grandpa and aunt and uncle got me airpods pros yes. uh, and they are a godsend oh my gosh i tried Just, them out and i was like this is magical <laughs> yeah it's like I, for the first time in my life like i was able to be in my own head it's like so so for the how the overstimulation works for me is I am aware of everything happening around me at all all times. Um the amount of people that are around me and people have like a pressure to them. So if there's like if you're in a room full of a lot of people, it's like a physical pressure on my body. Interesting. Like I and it like builds anxiety if there's a lot of people because it's like a lot of pressure. It's like if you're underwater like super deep, it's you you feel that that stress oh, on your interesting. body. Interesting. Um and it's incredibly draining. And I hear all their movements. I hear all their conversations. I'm like, I, I, in my mind, I have a mental map of everyone. And as they move, I like, I follow them. Um, 
uh not so much with light for me light mm. light hasn't uh bothered me at all but uh sounds definitely um just because of hearing all the conversations do you sorry i'm gonna interrupt um, real quick do you no, you're fine have problems does it, when you are trying to have a conversation with a single person and you're in a room where there's lots of things happening like a restaurant for example do you it find it incredibly difficult to have a conversation with someone in that situation yes okay because i literally um, i'm like i'm trying so hard to listen to what you're saying but i am hearing 47 conversations and i cannot yes okay yeah and and sometimes mid-conversation with like a one-on-one with a person i'll kind of laugh and they're like what what is like, all this person like made a funny joke or like they, they're having like an argument over there in the yeah. corner and it's like i just have to explain like i'm sorry like i'm paying attention but like they're there's funny stuff happening over there yeah <laughs> yeah 100 no, percent. and on top of that just trying to be aware of everyone and like anticipate movements like so like there's like it's like a exponential the more people the more pressure i feel in myself I also get overstimulated by touch. There's there's certain yes. uh, sensations that I, I can't stand. There's certain fabrics that like when I touch them, I feel like I'm going to puke. Yeah. It's really weird. Um, like Megan can't wear certain clothing because I'm just like. Ugh. Do you have the feeling of like, um, like if someone rubs a spot on you? Like if someone is rubbing your back, but they rub the same spot over and over again, does it feel like your skin's going to peel off? I have oh, that problem. Yeah, yeah. I'm like. Stop. I know you're doing it lovingly, but stop. Oh, oh God. Oh, stop God. it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and uh, bringing it all back to, to the... This is not an advertisement for Apple. I, <laughs> I despise Apple's business practices, but they make good products. Um, so when I got the AirPods and I put them in for the first time, it was like the first time in my life that I was able to shrink down my perception of my environment and actually exist in my body it was wild and uh i'm I'm not ashamed to admit i definitely cried <laughs> like megan was so happy like she she was like had an emotional moment with me because like it was such a profound experience to be like like is this what it's supposed to be like, like yeah like, am i supposed to feel like i can exist in my body and like i am not the size of the room that i'm yeah. in it's it's crazy. That's cool. Yeah, and uh, I'm constantly thinking of a bunch of things at once, which we've already covered. Mm-hmm. Like it's and uh, generally, I can keep on track with it because I've done it pretty much my whole life. But when it does fray and break, it it, it uh, is very difficult to to regain focus. Mm-hmm. The tasks, trying to just do tasks. And another big thing for me is ADHD paralysis, mm-hmm. where it's it's the worst feeling in the world that I'm still trying to figure out how to to work around it. But essentially it's it's like your body or your mind is screaming at you that you need to do something. Mm-hmm. But you physically can't. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, you for whatever reason you just you are unable to do anything. And your mind is like but you need to do this. And it's like but I like I know I know I want to I need to. But I can't. It's like, but yeah. you need to do it. So you feel bad and then you feel yeah. terrible. And it's it's just a vicious cycle of knowing you need to do something, but you can't. And so and you're society, just sit, like, you do nothing. Yeah. And society has told us that if you are the person that sits there and does nothing when you're supposed to be doing things, you're worthless, you're, worthless, you're lazy, you're a piece of crap. So you yeah. have like that going in your mind too. Yeah. Also, I've learned some tricks about that. 
So I'm going to need to know those. What are those tricks? Tell me. Okay. Because I have this problem <laughs> too. And mine is like compounded by the fact that I have the energy issues. So it's like, I need to do this. Mm-hmm. But then it's like the energy that it takes to do it on top of the ADHD paralysis. It's a whole thing. So, and it doesn't work all of the time. This like trick that I've learned recently, but it's, it has helped a lot. So instead of saying, I need to go, we'll say the dishes are like our thing. Okay. I need to go do the dishes and just telling yourself over and over again, stop being lazy. You need to get up and do the dishes. I know I need to do them. I want to do the dishes. It'll make me feel better if I do the dishes. I need to do the dishes. You have to break it down into teeny, teeny, tiny little steps. So literally like, cause for people that don't have neurodivergence, going and doing the dishes is like a one-step thing. You go and you do the dishes and you're done. For us, it, it's not. So you start with, I'm going to wiggle my toes so that I get some movement in my body. That's step one. Okay. I did step one. Check. And then you say like, okay, I'm going to sit up because I'm laying down. I'm going to sit up. And then you just sit up and like you let yourself like feel like you've accomplished something for each one of these tiny little steps. Like, okay, if I wiggle my toes and that's all I can do. And then I'm like, whatever, that's done. You get to still feel proud that you wiggled your toes. You did something. So you're just like creating tiny little movements of like momentum. And then you say, okay, I'm going to stand up and I'm just going to stand here for as long as it takes. I'm going to stand here. And then you do that. And then you say, I'm going to take one step forward. Like literally every single tiny (laughs) step that it takes. And you give yourself the like serotonin boost of like, oh, I did it. I'm doing the I said I was going to stand up and I did. Look at me go. Because, and it's like yeah. to to someone who's listening to anyone who's listening and, and doesn't have ADHD and doesn't experience ADHD paralysis, we we are not joking about the simple act of standing up. Right. It's like you will it be feels sitting impossible. there doing nothing, like just move, and you're just like, I can't. Like it is. Yes. It is like an actual like you can't do anything. Yeah. And so that standing up is is hard. Yeah. Because it's also, for me, a big thing is task initiation. So it's like once I'm doing the dishes, I'm like, this is fine. Like I'm, I like cleaning personally. So I'm like this, I'm like whatever. But the actual act of I am going to start doing the dishes is like freaking impossible for me. <laughs> like I know that once I'm doing the dishes, I will feel the satisfaction of like I'm cleaning. I like cleaning. But starting it is like, oh my God, why can't I just mm-hmm. make myself start this goddamn dishes? So it's, it's yeah. Fine. uh okay i'll try that out yeah it doesn't always work like there are some times when no matter how many times you tell yourself just wiggle your toes your brain's like nope not gonna do it (laughs) and i that's kind of what i've been trying to to work on i haven't had the opportunity to do this yet because it's not like this happens all the time right um it's just debilitating when it does i want to try accepting it because a lot of my learning journey of potentially being on the autism spectrum is I've realized how much I've been masking in my life Mm -hmm. and I'm trying to unmask and see what's underneath. And there's been a lot of instances that like, I've been like, Oh wow. Like that's, I've been like faking it to to fit in Mm -hmm. in these instances in, in the unmasking process. It's like, you need to be okay with, with not fitting the status quo. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I want to kind of play around if if you know that the circumstances that I'm in per- permits this uh to just accept it. If I can't do anything, enjoy it. Yeah. Don't do anything. Right. Relax. Don't 
don't self fulfill that that anxiety of mm-hmm. you're worthless and garbage. Like it's okay. Right. This happens to you. This right. is a thing that happens to you. Just let it happen. Let and it like, is that thing that your brain is screaming at you that you need to do? Like, is the world going to end if you don't get it done right now? Most no. likely, the answer is no. No. Like there are very few, unless it's like my oven is on or like the stove, you know, something like that where it's like, I need to get up and turn that off. Maybe then you need to like push yourself to actually do it. But other than that, if it's not a life-threatening thing, like just lay there sometimes. It's okay. It is. Rest is important. And maybe your body is like, dude, I need to rest. (laughs) I've had to learn that because again, with the pots, I've had to really learn to accept my limitations and accept that like, when my body needs to rest and I need to just lay there that like, I'm not a piece of garbage because I need to rest and lay there. Like it's fine. It's good. It's good to rest. It is very good. I hope you're resting while listening to this. Yes. Whoever you are listener. I hope you are resting. Yes. Or at least riding in a car and chilling. Yeah. And not feeling guilty about it. Yeah. Yeah. If you're a little late for work, it's okay traffic happens you know sometimes you sleep in a little bit you need that yeah it's okay and with that i would like to roll on into the next topic which is misconceptions and i feel like we've kind of talked about it a little bit but yeah uh, do you have some examples that you want to uh to I highlight mean, i think the biggest misconception i mean how, oh i mean the whole point of this episode really was talking kind of about like well not the whole point but a big point was um like that adhd looks different in different people and that there isn't one version of adhd Mm -hmm. and um i think that's like the biggest thing but also this idea that um people with adhd are like just lazy um and something that i saw again on tiktok recently was that like there are people saying that we should change the name of ADHD because it's attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. And mm-hmm. someone explained it as like people with ADHD don't have a deficit of attention. They have all the attention in the world. They have and like focusing that attention and choosing what to pay attention to is the problem. Not that they don't have mm-hmm. attention. There's no deficit of attention. There's it's, too much attention. Yeah. It's I am paying attention to everything and I don't know how to zero in on what I should be focusing on and paying attention to. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, especially with kids and in schools for teachers, like it's not that this kid doesn't have attention and doesn't know how, they don't know how to control the attention and zone in on this is what i need kind of like what you were talking about like being in the room and you can't just be in yourself you're focused on literally everything like that's i think a good way to look at it too like i literally can't pick what to pay attention to my brain is like you will pay attention to everything (laughs) so yeah i think that's a pretty big misconception of what adhd is and what it means also like there there's different forms of adhd Mm mm-hmm so it's like, um, I feel like as we actually start looking into these, uh, uh, what are they called? Not diseases. Uh, disorders. Is disorders. That what you're to say? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, as we actually start looking at all of these disorders, not through such a small lens, um, and actually start viewing it from the perspective of just humans, people, 
not just white dudes. <laughs> We're actually starting to understand that life isn't uh it's not black and white. There there's not like you're either this or you're that. It's mm-hmm. there everything is a spectrum. Right. Um, and we're all complex human beings that have bits and pieces of probably on all these spectrums. Um and to just like you said, like hyper attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Like not everyone is, is hyper as in like I'm bouncing off the walls and stuff. It's like mm-hmm. a lot of hyperactivity could be mental. Mm-hmm. Like there like there's different types of like your ADHD where you're physically active and like mm-hmm. can't stop. There's uh certain types where you're mentally active and you can't stop. And, and I would say even what the physical hyperactive looks like can be different. Like what I was saying. Yeah. Like I'm not constantly running around like a chicken with my head cut off, like screaming and, you know, just losing my mind. But there is a part of my body that is always moving. Like I I can't just like in the car, I probably drive my husband crazy because my foot is like always tapping and then I'll be like, oh, that's annoying. So I'll stop. But then I start moving my foot in a different way. And that also makes noise. And I'm like, sorry, but like, I can't, like I have to be, even if it's just like, moving my finger is like yeah yeah that's still technically the hyperactive part of that it's not what you would think of as hyper but it's something is moving always very much agree. i have a friend who's who's that way where we play video games and if he doesn't have his his microphone on like a uh, push to talk all you hear in the background is tap 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 and it's like dude calm down but that's just he has to do that yeah for me it's like a my workplace is, is really cool. I, I work uh, entirely remote, but uh, we try and do breathing exercises at times. Mm-hmm. And part of that is like, just sit still, plant your feet flat on the ground, close your eyes and breathe. Um, and every time we do that, it blows my mind how impactful it is for me to have my feet flat on the ground. Uh-huh. because uh i i do like i constantly bounce my my legs but if they're not bouncing i'm i'm like you'll see me doing this in my chair mm-hmm. like back and forth my legs are um i'm on one of those like dx racer gaming chairs like you are too that's funny. yeah because your husband's a gamer like yeah me. i was like it's not my uh, chair <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it, it has like the the different legs under it on wheels mm-hmm. and those legs are propped up and so my i constantly am like running back and forth mm-hmm. across the little pegs. Yeah. I sit and with like, my legs like folded in the chair and then I'm constantly unfolding and refolding. <laughs> yeah. I do the same except I'm unflexible, but I'm more flexible in my left leg. So I'm always moving on sitting on up and down mm-hmm. on my left leg. Um, but yeah. And so when we like, all right, it's time for breathing exercise. And it's like, all right, center myself, plant my feet on the ground. Like, oh, wow, that feels amazing. Like, I feel connected, like, even though I'm in an apartment complex yeah. in a building, like, I'm like, wow, I feel connected to the earth. Like, you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's, uh, invigorating just to take control of yourself for a second mm-hmm. and not just like, woo, <laughs> constantly it, moving. If you like try to resist and not move, do you feel like, I always struggle with how to explain the feeling. It's like almost like electricity. Like if I feel the need mm. to move and I try to resist the urge, like it's almost painful, feels like electricity. And like if I don't move, the electricity is going to explode inside of me. 
Like it's building up pressure. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I can't say I've had that. Uh, and I, I attribute that to, I don't do it a lot anymore. I, I do it when the need arises, but like I used to meditate a lot. Mm-hmm. And so I have a lot of practice kind of focusing all of that energy into uh, meditating with ADHD is very difficult because uh-huh. you'll constantly like go back to something and it's like using that energy to zap thoughts. It's like when that thought of like, oh, I need to move my leg is like and divert that energy into my brain and like actually conceptualizing like physical things and like, mm-hmm. nope, you're gone. No more thoughts. Okay. There's another thought and nope, go away. <laughs> and so it's like learning how to, to redirect that energy mm-hmm. in a in a useful way to kind of center yourself. Yeah. May not work for everyone, but that's how I've kind of developed my process to <laughs> to not feel like I'm going to explode. Oh, I just let myself move all the time. Like again, even with <laughs> teaching, like I tell my kids at the beginning of every year, I'm like, I move a lot. Like I'm, I can't just stand here. So like I'll be teaching and I don't, I literally don't just stand there and go like, okay, here's what we're going to learn today. I'm like, zooming around like moving and like whatever and i'll just like perch on a kid's desk sometimes and they're like what's happening and i'm like just shut up and listen to me and i got myself like a it's like a little stool but it has wheels because again energy pots sometimes i need to sit down but i also mm-hmm. can't just sit still so i'll be like zooming around on my little chair and they think it's so funny because i'm just in my chair and i'll push myself around and they're like there she goes again <laughs> <laughs> Yep. I'm sure they can, they relate to that, and they're yeah they're excited and. <laughs> they, I I appreciate the way you you interact with students and on a more human level. We often forget mm-hmm. that kids are are people too. Yeah, they're developing, and we need to treat them as such. But yeah. they're also people and deserve respect. And they want to be treated like people, like yeah. they they in their minds they are not kids, especially like middle school, high school. Oh yeah, they're not kids. They're adults. That's what they view themselves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. And it's it's beneficial to to mold that thought, and or that those thoughts into them becoming functional adults. Mm -hmm. Because if you just suppress them, like, no, you're just a kid. You don't know anything. Yeah. It's like there's a better way to say that. Yeah. (laughs) It's like I understand. I respect you, but like. Yeah. You have a lot of learning to do, right. have a lot more experience. Like I it would it would behoove you to <laughs> to uh if not fully accept what I'm saying, like at least take it into consideration right. into your, your future yeah. decisions. Yeah. The last talking point I would like to uh kind of go over is the importance of having an understanding partner and uh workplace. And we we've kind of touched on it a little bit with uh partners mm-hmm. and the having a label for something if you can have a label to something what once you officially have that label having or being able to give either your partner or your your workplace like this this label and be like this this is me this is how i operate i i would greatly appreciate it if like you know to the best of your your ability and willingness that you kind of help me 
with mm-hmm. these or, or at least understand where I'm coming mm-hmm. from. And I actually didn't mention this. I was planning on mentioning this a while back. Uh, my wife, Megan, uh, she is currently in the process of trying to be diagnosed with, with ADHD. But she is a, a female, as you <laughs> as you might guess. Uh, and she... Uh, it's both she she's being tossed around by a bunch of therapists uh not because she's crazy and they don't want to deal with her it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's just her whatever organization they're a part of that takes her in or megan's insurance they keep leaving and so she is now in limbo between her second and third therapist she doesn't have a therapist but both of her past two therapists um although she's only had like two to four sessions between them they both very heavily suspect that she does have ADHD. Um, she also ended up having anxiety and needing to treat that first. But so like it's like I 100% believe she does mm-hmm. without a doubt. Uh, at least from a white male's perspective. I'm sure there's other <laughs> things that you would probably catch. Um, but it's both hard but also enlightening. And and, mm-hmm. and comforting to be with a partner who also has it. Um, it's hard because when you have two people with ADHD, you forget a lot of things. Mm-hmm. A lot of things don't get done. You get distracted easily. <laughs> and it's like there's no one to reel you in because you're both kind of unhinged. But it's it's validating and comfortable because we both understand that when we, we both have our passions. Like she's a huge history buff. I'm a science mm-hmm. buff and like a gaming nerd and stuff. I'll just knowledge dump on her of something that I've been hyper-focusing on. She won't care. She'll sit there and look at me, but I see she's, like, staring through my soul. Like, she's mm-hmm. she is not taking any of this information. But I understand, because I'm the same way. It's If something doesn't interest you and you have ADHD, it is infinitely harder to try and engage in that mm-hmm. conversation and absorb that knowledge and retain yeah. it. And it, it's so, like... But she respects that I want to tell her, and so she sits there and yeah. like, pretends like she's listening. But I, I understand that. So it's like it's a weird thing of like I know you're entirely ignoring me, but I yeah. appreciate that you're taking the time out of your day mm-hmm. to sit there and let me just dump this on you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I do the same with her. Yeah, I. Um, so Justin doesn't have ADHD like at all, and it's weird because, like I said, like he doesn't think I have ADHD. Like, he's not telling me, like, oh, I'm a doctor and you don't have it for sure. But he's like, I don't think you have it. Um, but it's funny because when things happen, sometimes I'll pause him and be like, do you, do you just see? And you still don't think I have ADHD? And he's like, eh, whatever. But um, <laughs> he's still, it's funny because he's still so supportive of, like, things that are ADHD. So, like the whole idea of like the ADHD paralysis and I get into this huge like guilt cycle and I try to um, like justify like, oh, I sat here on this couch all day because blah, blah, blah. And I'll like go off on this list and like do all these things to try to justify. And he's like, dude, I don't care. Like <laughs> it's not, you don't have to justify to me why you sat on the couch all day. Like it's fine, whatever. And, uh, yeah, I like I forget things all the time and I misplace things constantly because like if it's not in front of me, it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Um 
And so he's really good at either knowing where my things are that I've misplaced or helping me find it. My phone is a great example. I never know where my phone is ever. So he's always like, you put your phone over there. (laughs) I'm like, ugh, okay. Yeah, it is also kind of a little bit of a female thing. So I wanted to uh, like piggyback on that a little bit. My brain just went off a tangent of if you're in a mil- if you're in the military, you hate that phrase. Um, what phrase? Piggybacking on things. Oh, <laughs> leadership is always constantly like I want to piggyback on that. And oh, it's just an endless chain of leadership like, piggybacking off. Dear God. Like, God, damn! I just want to go home. So many piggybacks. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but so object permanence is another uh, or like difficulty with object permanence mm-hmm. is a, a trait of ADHD. So with me. I live in an organized chaos. I place thing in ra- if I place something somewhere, even if it doesn't belong there, I know where it is. I will always know where it is. I will mm-hmm. note things that are out of place that don't belong there, but I won't move them. It's it's just cataloged in my brain of oh, mm-hmm. like uh like like there was a, a a funny TikTok of a person who doesn't have ADHD whose husband did and she's like, "Do we have any paper clips?" and he's like, "Oh yeah, go into the bedroom, the dresser, and it's but like there's one next to the back right hand corner of Mm -hmm. the dresser like under it Mm -hmm. and like she recorded and she's like what the hell like how do you that's what my brain does i'll see things and it's like that doesn't belong there and then you just catalog it for later um now what messes me up with object permanence is when megan moves things yes 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 yes. then they no longer exist they they are gone forever Mm -hmm. i also Um, have an added layer to that because i have the same thing where like i will remember where things are even if they're not where they're supposed to be but then if justin moves it or this is the part that really messes with my brain i will move it sometimes and i will forget that i moved it (laughs) so in my brain it is still in that original spot and then i get really frustrated when i go to get it in that spot and i'm like where is it it was right here but i'm the one that moved it (laughs) but i don't remember moving it (laughs) It's a yep. problem. You, you but... forget to update the catalog. <laughs> yeah. <It's> a... <laughs> like, I know I put it here. Where is it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Okay. And with that, we will go into your book corner, which when I have more time, I'm definitely going to add a little jingle to segue into that. So just imagine a Cassandra's dancing. You can't see. Yeah, I'm always dancing if there's music. Welcome to the book corner. (laughs) Okay, I'm so excited. I've been like every single part of this podcast episode, I've been like, oh my God, I could totally talk about this book here, but I'm going to wait patiently. Okay, so this is a book corner slash a I love this person and she has lots and lots of other things and I'm going to plug all of them because I seriously like she has changed my life and she's amazing. So her name is Casey Davis, like literally the letters Casey Davis. Okay. Um, and the book is called How to Keep House While Drowning. And this book, oh my God, it's incredible. Everyone needs to read it. Well, probably people that don't have neurodivergence, it wouldn't be helpful, but whatever. So <laughs> she talks about, um, she calls it a gentle approach to cleaning and organizing. So she talks about how to go about taking care of yourself, taking care of your house, cleaning, um, making things hygienic, things like that in a way that is manageable for people with ADHD, for people with um, depression, for people with um, chronic illnesses that make it hard to do things. Um, So it's not just ADHD, but it's all things that like make tasks like that really challenging. And like I said, I've got POTS and I've got the ADHD. Um, And she just has a whole bunch of different 
uh, suggestions and solutions and try this and try that. But she's also very much like there is no one size fits all solution for this. So it's like, you need to find what works for you, but here are some options. And her biggest messaging across like everything she does is that cleaning is morally neutral. And, um, she, hi Aria. She talks about, um, she says that phrase over and over again, cleaning is morally neutral. And it's something that like in our society, we don't typically think that way. We think if your house is dirty, you're a bad person or you're a bad mom or you're a bad wife or whatever. And she's very adamant that like there is no moral aspect to cleaning. So if your house is a disaster because you have uh, severe depression and you can't get out of bed and clean your house or because you have ADHD and you clean little bits of different things and can never get a task done, like you're not a bad person. You just have obstacles in your way. And, um, that there's nothing really wrong with having a messy house as long as it is functional for you. And as long as it is, um, like hygienic, like you're not going to yeah, healthy, there's not like mold or whatever, but the idea of like function over like aesthetics. So yeah. it's fine if it doesn't look organized and perfect and beautiful. Like you were saying, like with the organized chaos, like if it's mm -hmm. functional for you to have all of your things out on a desk or on a table or whatever, so that you can see them visually instead of having them tucked away in drawers, that's fine. It doesn't look neat and tidy, but it's functional for you. Um, and it has just really changed my life. Um, so yeah, Casey Davis, how to keep house while drowning. And then she also has a TikTok account that I follow, um, which is called domestic blisters. And she talks about all this kind of stuff on there too, and kind of goes in more detail. And she's uh, a licensed therapist. So she's not just like some rando that's like, oh, I know I things. Know that. Yeah, she's a licensed therapist. And then she also has a website, which I don't remember what it's called. I think it's called Struggle Care. I think yeah. I'll have to we'll look have that it up. All on the, yeah. the show notes. Um, but she. On the website. Check this yeah. out on the website. There's a lot yeah. of extra goodies there. Yeah. So on her website, she has all kinds of different. Um, like resources and things that you can check out too, to help with this. So, um, yeah, she's seriously like all of her stuff, all of her content has like really, really helped me like feel less guilty about things and also like make things more functional for me. So Casey Davis, I love you. You're amazing. You've helped me so much. <laughs> I've only stumbled yeah. across her on uh TikTok once or twice. Yeah. So I'll have to do more of a deep dive on her content. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, and she has a podcast that's called uh, Struggle Care. And I really love listening to her podcast while I'm cleaning because she'll be talking about how it's morally neutral to clean and like blah, blah. And I'm like, you, it is morally neutral while I'm like cleaning things. It's great. I love it. <laughs> we would love to have you on our podcast. Oh my God, I would die. <laughs> ADHD focused, but that would still be amazing. <laughs> I, I, I. I wish I read more than I did, but my brain does not allow me to read as much. Okay, as I like. so in line with that, she addresses that in her book, and she has—I don't remember what she calls it. I have to go back and look. But there's like a way to read this book where you don't read everything, um, and it's like if That's you're following amazing. the like abridged version, uh, like if you if reading this whole thing is too much for you, here's how you can like get just the gist of it and like read only parts of it or whatever. It's oh my god, it's so great. It's so great. And then there's also an audiobook and she reads it and uh I just could gush about this forever because it was so freaking helpful for me. So she I addresses the whole them, yeah. yeah. I have a backlog of like six books. I have a backlog of like hundred books. 
Yeah, but you're actually making progress through it. That's true. My backlog's <laughs> just getting bigger. <laughs> I get halfway through a book and then I'm just like, can't bring myself to read it anymore. Mm. Not because I don't like it, just my brain wants to do other things. Yeah. And with that, we will segue into my section. Yes. Which is, well, the way I've framed the question, I think you're supposed to ask me. But who cares? We'll do that next do, time. Do, 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 There's my jingle. What are you hyper-focusing on currently? There we go. There <laughs> we go. Doing it properly. Um. So as I said before we started recording, you were going to be like, oh, yeah, I can totally see this because you've been a part of it. My hyper-focus the past like month, maybe a little more than that, has been Duolingo. Yes. <laughs> your, face, your face lit up as soon as I said that. You're like, yep. I, oh my God. So um, I know you know, but viewers or listeners don't know. I'm going to Japan a little over two months. And I have tried learning Japanese just because I love Japanese culture for You've loved multiple it, times like always. over the course of years. Yeah. I, I've like yeah, always loved it. I've always I, I've been a nerd since, <laughs> and not it, I mean it did stem from from anime. I, I won't, mm-hmm. uh, I won't disregard that. Um, anime and manga I've I've been a fan of ever since I was a small child. I used to draw pictures of Goku when I was like a toddler, and Dad would bring them to work. And like looking back at those images, like they look like garbage. But I remember they were like everyone in his work was like, "Oh my god, these are so good." That <laughs> was awesome. It, it felt great. Um, really fueled my my passion for art. But that was a tangent. So I'm going to Japan in, in two and a half months, and that has given my brain the deadline, I guess you could say, not to be fluent in Japanese, but to speak enough to be able to get around, um, and read because unlike mm-hmm. you know. Germanic language and like Spanish and where you can kind of figure language. it out. Yeah, where it's literally the the Romanized alphabet. Mm-hmm. This is there's three alphabets. Um, there's katakana, hiragana, which each have like I think there's like maybe was it like forty ish characters that have forty ish sub characters to those in each. So that's like 120 across hiragana and katakana of different characters. And then mm-hmm. there's kanji, which has thousands. Okay. And so it's it's a lot. Oh, Lord. So I'm at a point now where I can read hiragana. Um, I can read, I would say, about 70% of katakana. I know maybe at this point, maybe 50 kanji. <laughs> so small steps. But... Uh, I I know Duolingo is not a one source solution to being mm-hmm. fluent in a language and anyone who speaks fluently and has learned like a second language will tell you that just using Duolingo is uh isn't going to be enough. Mm. But my god, do they ha- have they done such an amazing job at gamifying? Oh my god, yes. Learning a language. And that is what does it for me. Mm-hmm. Um I I my primary source at the moment is duolingo um i have a, a a textbook that i'm also learning in tandem with it but the gamification of duolingo and having the support of like it's like hey you did this great thing and then it puts it up on your feed and then you mm-hmm. dad and sarah and my friends all like yeah great job and like high five and whatnot yeah and the competitions like 
constantly like I'm in third place in mine right now and it ends tomorrow and I'm about 300 ahead of somebody, but about 500 below second place. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, I want to get top three so I can move on to the next one. But it's yeah. difficult because I'm going to have to do a lot of work in order to stay above. And so it, right. I love that competition. And it like mm-hmm. encourages you to keep learning. Um, and I, I have other apps that I like. Uh, Sensei is a really good PC app to uh, learn language in, in uh, kanji. Uh, I'm also using Mango, which it's paid, but it's very conversational learning mm-hmm. where it's it teaches you phrases that that you'll need um and it tells you like the the what duolingo doesn't do is like tell you the the cultural aspects of why you say things right and so a lot of the times some things on on duolingo will be wrong culturally or like it'll always be super formal like where a lot of conversations that have happen in japan aren't formal it's just like casual in the streets but if you're learning straight from a textbook or duolingo it's just like Every time you meet someone, you're like, oh, my God, it is such an honor to meet you. And it's just like, I'm a dude you're in the like, street. Like, dear God. Down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But I do have to say I, I have developed not a hatred, but a, a dislike for Rosetta Stone. I grew up my uh, my whole childhood hearing about Rosetta Stone and like it is the way to learn language. The things they teach you aren't necessarily helpful. You don't know why you're learning the things. They show you pictures, and then it says things over those pictures. Mm, And then you repeat them, and then it'll show you a picture, and you have to say into the microphone what's happening in the picture. But like you don't understand the grammar. You don't know why you're saying these things. It's like you you know what words are, but you're like, what am I? That's not really actually saying this. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) and that's their whole platform. So it doesn't really work for me. So also shout out to Kate for uh, signing us up on our family plan for Super yeah. Duolingo. Shout out, Kate. Heck yeah. Thank thank you for the... Uh, I've got my friends on there as well. That was kind of what brought it all together. I was like, I've noticed we're all kind of doing Duolingo at the same time. There's a family plan. <laughs> It'll be super cheap for us all. But yeah, no, that was... Kate came in clutch with the... Yes. family plan there super plan yeah and and we're all supportive <laughs> of each other we're all high-fiving each other we're yeah we're doing uh, that's what helps me is the accountability to like oh other people that i know are seeing whether i'm yep. doing it or not because to me it's like oh the gamification makes it good when i'm actually doing it but to keep going back the like accountability to like oh if i lose my streak of how many days i've been doing it everyone sees that <laughs> that to me is what helps me stay consistent in doing it yes Accountability is huge with ADHD. Yes. And with right, that, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta finish this <laughs> because Cassandra has to go get a massage. Get a massage. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. Um, I never say this, so I'm gonna start saying this. Um, visit our website, um, presentmatterspodcast.com. It's not great, but I build it in the time that I have. But let's mm-hmm. put all of our show notes um, where you can get links to the things we talk about. Um, we have a mail, a newsletter that I have never sent out because no one signed up for it. So sign up for <laughs> it. <laughs> Give me something else to do uh, on top of everything else. Uh, and we have an email address that you can uh, ask us questions and send in comments or whatever you want. Um, and we would give love us ideas to hear from of you. give us ideas of topics, things you want to yeah, hear us talk about. Yeah, what do you about? want us to talk about? And we'd be happy to do that. 
And with that, don't forget that the present matters and what you do today will affect tomorrow. See you next time. Oh,